Welcome back to the Beacons of Bravery podcast. Today I have a very special guest. It's a young lady who I've known most of her life, and her name is Kelsey Whittington. And you're going to love to get to know her. She is truly a beacon. She's somebody who's overcome amazing odds in a very significant um, physical injury to be living the life of her dreams. So I can't wait for you to hear her story and uh, connect with her. I also want to thank you all for your feedback on the shows. It means the world to me to know when you connect with something that one of the guests or I have said. And along that line, I would love it if you would email me or DM me or message me on Facebook with any future topics you might be interested in and also any episodes that you connected with that you'd like to see more of or just have any comments. So that email is beaconsofbravery at gmail.com. On Instagram, it's Carrie.Norman, and on Facebook, it's Carrie Yoakum Norman. So I'd love to hear from you and get your feedback, on, and it'll help us guide where we're going in the future. And again, thank you for the ratings and reviews. It means the world to me and to the future people who will find this podcast because of it. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Oh, and P.S., I do get a little emotional at the end of the show, but that's kind of who I am, <laughs> prone to tears and emotion. So I hope that you see it through and enjoy it all the same. Welcome to the Beacons of Bravery podcast. I'm your host, Carrie Norman, former perfectionist, people pleaser, and rule follower who woke up one day and realized I'd been living somebody else's dream because of my fear of stepping outside the lines. That's why I started this podcast, to interview authors, entrepreneurs, and everyday people who learn to overcome their fears and obstacles in order to live the life of their dreams, to shine the light on how we can live the life of our dreams. Welcome to the show, Kelsey Whittington. How are you? Good. How are you? Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited because, as the audience will know from my introduction to this episode, we've known each other for a very long time. Yeah, it's like, what, 20 years? Yeah, since you were just a wee thing, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, 10 or 12, maybe. Well, and I am your aunt, right? Right. And so I'm so glad that you came on because you have a great you are a great beacon. You've done a lot of amazing things, overcome a lot in your life, your short life so far, (laughs) you're in your twenties. So uh, I can't wait for people to hear your story, but as a way of getting started, the fun question I wanted to ask is what birth order are you for in your siblings, which I know this, or are you an only child and what effect, if any, do you feel like that's had in your life? Um, well, as my mom used to say, I'm the engine in the caboose, the caboose. Um, I am, that's it. I'm, I have a half sister from my dad's previous marriage, but uh, we've never met her. And I think that really played an impact on my life because I had nobody to play with as a kid. Um, I had nobody to just kind of bond with no other siblings or anything like that. Um, 
And I remember begging my parents to have another kid. But once I got older, I was okay with being an only child. Yeah. Well, um, we did spend a lot of time together. And do you remember something very significant that I helped you do for the first time? Do you remember that? You taught me how to braid hair. Oh, okay. That's what I was thinking. I thought I taught you how to swim. Maybe not. Did I help that? No? Maybe, but <laughs> I remember Okay, well, that's that's something anyway. Well, <clears throat> where are you calling in from right now? Where in the world are you? I am in Hesper, Louisiana, um, in a Voiles Parish, which is right smack dab in the middle of Louisiana. Um, it's where I was born and raised, and I still live here with my family. And you can probably tell from her accent that that is kind of South Louisiana, kind of Cajun country, right? Mm-hmm. I, I don't uh, think of myself as having a really thick accent. I guess at times when I'm in a more laxed environment, it might come out some more, but I kind of try to talk with a little bit of class, if you will. <laughs> no, I love it. I've always loved that accent. Well, tell us a little bit about what you do for a living currently and um, just kind of a little about your life right now, then we're going to go back a little bit in time. Okay. So right now I'm a full-time stay-at-home mom. I have a two and a half year old little boy and he is, I mean, zero to 60. Very mean from sunup to sundown. He is, that's, that's what keeps me busy. Also, you know, the daily, uh, chores and stuff that need to be done that make the household work, uh, all that kind of stuff. Um, I have worked in the past, but since I had my son, I decided to stay home full time. It was just easiest and less stressful. Mm-hmm. And you are married, correct? Married. We just celebrated our five-year wedding anniversary. Wow. And what does he do for a living? My husband, James, is a police officer and he is going on, I think, seven years as a police officer and he loves the job. It's, um, I could never see myself doing something like that in such a scary time that we live in now, but he is, he's a police officer at heart. He's really good at what he does. And he's such a nice guy too. (laughs) Yeah. Biggest heart. It seems like. Mm -hmm. So let's go back into your history a little bit. Um, we know you were born and raised there in central Louisiana Kind of tell us what life was like, and then if there was something that occurred that kind of changed your life. You know, this this uh, podcast is all about facing fears, overcoming obstacles. Can you think of a major obstacle that came into your life? For sure. Okay, so I like I said earlier, I grew up in a uh, as an only child in a pretty strict household. I made good grades. So I was a typical tomboy. I loved being outside. We had horses and dogs and I loved cutting the grass and doing all that stuff. So it was okay. And then fast forward to, um, let's see, my 15th birthday was July 17th. And then I think it's eight days afterwards. I went to spend the night at a friend's house and um, we didn't know that her mom had been drinking, but she took us home and um, purposely accelerated very fast and jumped a set of railroad tracks that were pretty steep 
and that caused two vertebrae in my back to be crushed. And I was left with what I think is a permanent um, spinal cord injury. So I'm paralyzed from the waist down. It was a devastating time as a 15 year old being unsure of the future and being scared and unfamiliar with all the feelings that I was feeling and <laughs> living still in a strict household um, where I had lots of support when I needed it. And uh, <clears throat> so then it was time to fast forward to now. Wait a second, wait a second. I wanna back up a little bit just because okay. you know I'm a therapist. So what was your recovery like from that? How, I mean, I know you had long grueling days. And so tell us a little bit about immediately afterward, you know, how that went to get you as mobile as you are now. Yeah, I stayed in the hospital at a local, uh, in our local town. Um, I, I don't even know the exact time, but I think it was like a week I was in ICU for a short time and then I was moved to a regular room. And then from there, I went to Tier Memorial Herman in Houston, Texas, and I stayed there for about seven weeks, I think. I came home and then we decided to do some follow-up treatment and use some really high-tech equipment in Chicago, Illinois at the Shriners Hospital for Children. I got, I got some sensation back, but really no movement from there. But as you know, is in the therapy world, they teach you how to live with an injury, how to transfer, because I mean, ultimately the spinal cord is such a, such a fine part of the body that if it's it, anything is messed up, just the simplest thing is messed up. It can cause some serious complications. So all my muscles from the waist down were, basically dead, um, having to learn how to use my abdominal muscles, how to transfer, strengthen my arms, and eventually put weight on my legs and get the circulation going and stuff like that. But you're right. It was a long and grueling process. So did you go on, well, did you go on to finish high school? I know you were probably on pause there for that time. You were doing all that therapy. Yes. Um, I, I took my 10th grade year off. Well, not physically in school. I did homeschool because my accident happened in the summer between ninth and 10th grade. Um, I did go back to school 11th grade and I finished high school, finished my senior year. And then I graduated with like 18 hours of college credit. So uh, I went to school at a, a university that's nearby and I finished a four-year degree there um, in general studies, actually with a concentration in kinesiology, which I'm sure you're familiar with, and a minor in psychology. I worked a little bit for, I don't know how many years, maybe five or six years, and then decided it was time to stay home. We decided to start trying to have a baby. And lo and behold, uh, about eight months later, we were blessed with the news that we were expecting and since then, I have been home doing things that a stay-at-home mother and wife would do. So you kind of jumped right over the marriage part. I mean, so how did you and James meet? Were you in school? Or? James and I actually went to middle school and high school together, but never spoke a word to each other. We rode the same bus 
but like I say, we never spoke a word to each other. And then Facebook became popular and I was feeling pretty confident. So I was like, well, let me just see what he's up to. And so we messaged each other and he had a girlfriend. So I was like, okay, let me kind of back off and do, you know, something on my own. And he messaged me back uh, the next year. And uh, it was, we've talked every day and been together ever since. That was 2013. And then we got engaged pretty quick but we had a long engagement. We got married in 2016 and uh, built a house. And uh, that was, that was it from there. So some people would think when you have a spinal cord injury, especially in that yours is in the thoracic level, right? You're kind of mid, yes. mid stomach. Uh, yeah. yeah. So you have been in a wheelchair one way or the other, primarily since the accident, right? Yeah. Make that clear. It'll be 13 years in July. And so you were just about at the age you were going to start driving. And did you, yeah. let, did you let that stop you or what do you know? I actually took the classroom part and was waiting for the lady to call me to do my physical driving part to get my permit when the accident happened. But when I got six, when I turned 16, I took some special um, handicapped driving lessons up in Ruston, I believe past that. And then I got my first vehicle. I didn't want to drive a, a minivan as a 16 year old. I wanted to drive something cool. So we found a purple PT cruiser and that was my first vehicle for me to drive. And um, <clears throat> then I got rid of that and got a Chevrolet Silverado. We found out that there was a company up in Indiana doing some pretty cool stuff. So I got one of those then switched and got an Acadia and now I'm in a suburban uh, because I need something like a mom mobile that's bigger but um, it's amazing how there's so many cool things that they can do and people like me are not just limited to one type of vehicle a minivan that's the clearance on those things are so low if you hit a pothole or a steep curve you're going to scrape up the bottom of your vehicle so they have really cool things and you never know that they're handicap accessible until you open them up and it's like a spaceship. <laughs> yeah. And then it looks super cool too. So you actually do the driving with your hands, correct? Yeah. I drive wheelchair and I have hand controls and a um, spinner knob that I don't really use very much, but yeah, I drive primarily with my hands and um, I have something that locks my chair into place. And I'm able to drive from my chair so I don't have to transfer in the rain or anything like that. Because there are people that do that and it's got to be so hard. Was there any point ever that you felt like giving up? And if so, what got you through? Absolutely. Um, I didn't know if I should talk about this or not. But in my household, there wasn't the type of emotional support that I needed. The main focus was on if I was feeling down and remember at 14 years old, you don't know why you're feeling sad or depressed or anything like that. And I was, the, the main focus was you're not doing physical therapy. You're not doing this. You're not doing that. I lost interest and I was having to cope with these feelings and I wasn't being understood I just needed some time to just, you know, let me, let me feel what I need to feel and I'll get back into it. 
instead of being rushed or forced. Um, <clears throat> I, I got strong in my faith. I went to church every weekend and I think that was a major turning point. Mm -hmm. But the real thing that got me through and changed my attitude about it was James. He balances me out so well and showed me that there's no reason to be ashamed just because my legs don't work. So what? It's just a wheelchair. Um, you can still do everything that you want to do and you need to do. And it's just it's just a chair. You know, you're the same as everybody else. And that to this day has been Oh my gosh. It, it, I don't even know the word. It's, yeah. it's amazing how much somebody else can do for you when you really need it. Yeah. And he's just to be clear, you know, like she said, he's a police officer. He's not in a wheelchair. He's, you know, he walks and does all that. Right. He's, she said, quote unquote, normal. So again, James just, it sounds like a wonderful person who probably God sent you at the time that you needed him. Right. Definitely. So looking into the future, you have one child already that keeps you busy. And, and what are there any more in the future or what do you see coming out? Oh, I, I don't think I'm going to say like, <laughs> that's a no from me, dog. <laughs> uh, I don't think I'm going to be having any more kids of my own. Uh -huh. We just recently started talking about maybe adopting. Mm -hmm. Um, I born but maybe like I don't know around five mm -hmm. five to ten old because um my husband was adopted and the people that adopted him my father-in-law is also adopted so I feel like you know pay it forward there's always children that need homes so that's probably what we're gonna do but yeah I don't think I'm gonna have any more kids <laughs> and not in that toddler stage uh, unless just the right one is needed because I'm sure that's it's very hard to keep up with <laughs> It's very trying. <laughs> and he's so cute too. Thank you. So then beyond that, you know, the family said, what, what other goals do you have out there in your life that you're, you've yet to achieve that you kind of are aiming for? And then along with that, are there any fears or obstacles that you can see holding you back from your dream? We'll call it that your next dream. Um, to be honest, I have accomplished everything that I've set my mind to. The only thing that I regret is when I went to college, I've always wanted to be a nurse. And I feel like I had some voices telling me, no, it's not going to be possible or it's going to be too hard. And so I listened to those voices and I let it keep me from doing the thing that I really want to do. I don't think I'm going to go back to school, but if I could do one thing over, that's what I would do. I would go back to school and beat those odds and be a nurse in a wheelchair. Mm -hmm. But as far as anything coming in the future, I don't have anything planned except maybe the adoption process. Um, and I feel like God's got that in his hands and we'll, uh, we'll be able to accomplish that if it's meant to be. Mm -hmm. Well, it sounds like you're content and happy and fulfilled, which is what most people don't achieve, you know, so that's admirable. And, you know, there's always stuff on the horizon, but it sounds like you're kind of living in the present, enjoying 
your life and your right. child. <laughs> and your yeah, life. two and a half year old, you really can't get too ahead of yourself because you gotta you gotta live in the in the moment right now. We're we're doing potty training right now, and um, <laughs> we're making it day by day. <laughs> Parents out there can understand for sure. Well, we're gonna go into a couple of other just kind of fun questions or they can be whatever. And that is going to start with, do you have any quotes and they can even be song lyrics, whatever that you enjoy that you Bible verse, anything like that. Is there any quote that you kind of repeat to yourself? There is. And I actually have it with me. So I didn't mess it up. It's on a, a, um, a, I guess a decorative piece of wood that we found whenever we went on vacation in Gulf Shores, Alabama, I don't know who said it, but it says, don't ask God to move your footsteps if you're not willing to move your feet. And I think that is 100% just, I mean, yeah, you can't get any, any truer than that. Yeah. You have to do part of it, right? That's right. <laughs> yeah. He meets you halfway. You've got to be able to do some of the work. That's right. I love that. And I don't know who said it either. And I don't think I've heard it before. Uh, I'm not sure if you're a big podcast listener, but now you're a guest. Is there anyone that you listen to that you can recommend to the audience? You know, I've never listened to podcasts. And whenever you announced that you were going to start doing one, you're actually the first podcast that I listened to. So you're up there, my favorites. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Did you start doing any others after that? No, I really don't have time to do any other ones. Um, so if, if I have some downtime, maybe when Cohen starts school, I can listen to that while I clean the house or something. Yeah. I just ask, cause usually if it's somebody's first time to listen to one, then you get on this slippery slope where you're listening to, Oh, she recommended that one. I'm going to go try that one. And, and which is great because there's so much good information and really I credit them with changing a big part of my life. But how about social media? Is there anybody you like to follow? I follow a lady by the name of Wanelda Farmer. It's a name that I've never heard before hers. And she posts these very funny, um, she sells makeup. So she does a little bit of that, but she's just another mom down to earth. She has an autistic son. So she talks about day-to-day -day struggles and she makes me feel normal. I've been following her for about two years now while my husband was on deployment. Um, she kind of helped me get through that, you know, life with a baby that's crawling and everything. And things happen to everybody that has kids. And it's, it's just nice to hear that you're not the only one going through something like that. So she's been a nice voice and I look forward to watching her videos uh, a couple times a week. So so it's on YouTube. Is that she has YouTube? she's started on YouTube, but she's on Facebook now. Okay. And her Wanelda. Mm -hmm. Wanelda. I've never heard of her either, but that's really neat. That sounds cool. Well, you mentioned makeup there, and I know I've noticed that you've been having a, a business or do something in the makeup field. Is that correct? Yes. I um I do sell from a company called Unique. And they've got all kinds of skincare and makeup and just it's good for people who like to play with the eye colors and stuff like that and mascara or just good for everyday people, working moms that, you know, like to 
put on a fresh face, look awake whenever they go out to their job. And that's really built my confidence up a lot is showing that, you know, you can express your style in so many different ways and um, look pretty while you do it. Mm-hmm. And you, but you don't have to have makeup to look pretty, of course. <laughs> right. So you kind of do that as a um, part-time job. Some people call it side hustle, whatever, just yeah. make a little extra. Yeah. yeah. I would call it a side hustle. It's less than a part-time job, but I just love it so much. And uh, I don't really feel like it's work. I yeah. just kind of let people know and they they get to look at my everyday life my son is climbing up on me and the dogs are barking in the background and it's just normal yeah and and that's what I think we need to see more of on social media not like everybody's highlight reel you know my life is so perfect when we all know that it's not in fact I've had to pause this recording a couple of times (laughs) due to dogs barking incessant it was just a little I would have kept it in but it was too much so (laughs) I think keeping it real is that, yeah, we got kids coming in and out. Yeah, you've got to, it, it keeps you sane. Yeah. Uh, everybody's got stuff that they're dealing with and it may sound crazy, but it's, it's, it's home. Yep. That's right. Well, how about movies? Is there any movie that you just is an all-time favorite that you watch over and over that you can't uh, ever pass up seeing? I love Forrest Gump. Mm-hmm. Over the years, as you become a, a spouse and a parent, some of the quirky little things that he says is just, it's, it's hilarious, really. And I really think Forrest would be the type of person that we need in today's society, just because his heart was so pure. Right. And he would do anything that you wanted him to. And uh, there's not many people like that anymore. That's right. And he has that best quote, life is like a box of chocolates. (laughs) I love Sally Field's quote. I didn't know it, but I was destined to be your mama. I love that quote. Yeah, that's perfect. You could have used that in your quotes too. I use that. that. Well, I wanted to give the audience a chance if they wanted to connect with you or follow you on any social media, if you want to give your handle or if you have a Facebook group or anything like that, and I can put it in the show notes, uh, they can follow you on Instagram if you would choose. Okay. Uh, I don't have an Instagram or Twitter. I have Facebook and you can find me. um, I've got my maiden name in there and it's Kelsey. We say Ganya, but you can spell it like Gagnard Whittington. Um, I've also got a Facebook group called catching up with Kels. Um, I'm on TikTok. I'm on Snapchat. Um, I don't have any other social media accounts. I think that's enough that I have. <laughs> right. And on TikTok, what, what's your, what you I think mean? it's Kelsey Witt. Okay. Uh, just one T in the last, I can send you that. Okay. That sounds good. Well, I encourage people to reach out and connect if, especially if your story in your life as a beacon has meant something to them and if they might want to get in touch with you personally and tell you that. I think it'd be great. Oh, yeah. yeah. So is there anything that we haven't talked about, a question I haven't asked, or any parting words of advice or just wisdom you can bestow on our audience? I will say that I have a, a motto that I live by, 
when you feel like things are crumbling around you, always think that somebody out there somewhere in the world is having a tougher time than you. So keep your head up and things will get better. Mm, I love that. And it's true. And I mean, you feel bad for anyone who is having a harder time, but there's always, I mean, got to keep looking up. <laughs> That's all you can do. Take That's your, right. Like you said, you move your feet. Mm-hmm. Yep. Footsteps. Well, thank you so much, Kelsey, for being on here. It was a just pleasure. And I know everyone's going to love hearing this episode because you truly are and have been a beacon to me. Oh, you're going to make me cry. <laughs> So thank you. Thank you for having me. We'll talk soon. Okay. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Beacons of Bravery podcast. If you enjoyed the show, I would love it if you would go and rate and review the show and also share it with somebody who you think would benefit from listening to the message. I would also love to connect with you on Instagram or you can email me at beaconsofbravery at gmail.com. I hope something that you heard today will help you go out and live a more joy-filled, inspired life. Don't keep playing it safe. Be brave today. And of course, a huge shout out to Steve Denny for providing the music for this podcast.